We're so grateful for your grace and your mercy. You have preserved our lives and given us another opportunity to come and learn your word of truth. Lord, we may have failed this week. We may have stumbled. But it doesn't matter, Father, because we've come and confessed our sins and we are alive. We're here, Father, ready to hear your word. So we thank you for this ministry, asking that we will benefit from it, Lord, and take every opportunity to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In His name we pray. Amen. We've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, what a tough subject to, to really... Now, you know we have... Um, we've gone through... Let me just go through what we've been through. We've been through common and efficacious grace. We've, Someone we've has been entered through the conference. indwelling of the Spirit. We, we then went to... Oh, well, I may, I may not have the order correct. We went to regeneration. Then we talked about the filling of the Spirit. We talked about sealing of the Spirit. Uh, we are now doing gifts. And we have one more after that, and that would be the baptism of the Spirit. And that will complete the seven ministries of the Spirit. Uh, hopefully we can get... This is really what we would consider intermediate doctrine. Intermediate in that uh, it teaches you how to walk. The Holy Spirit is uh, well, is God and he, he is the member of the Godhead who reveals the spiritual life to you. Without the Holy Spirit, dead in the water. You need to know the ministries of God the Holy Spirit or else you will be involved in all sorts of uh, false motivation uh, false activities, things that pe things that people attribute to the Spirit have nothing to, ever to do with what the Scripture says. You'd be surprised to know that. The people have attributed just about everything to what the Holy Spirit does. We want to dispel that ignorance and make sure that people, when you talk about the Spirit, you are knowledgeable about what He does, how He moves in your life. You don't want to be ignorant. And especially, even for yourself, that's one thing. But when people come to you and say, Hey, let me tell you what the Spirit did to me. You can put that in a place where it goes. See? And it just makes sense. You want to be able to do that. Now, last time we talked about how uh, these are very sensitive issues. So we want to approach these issues because uh, with seriousness. Because people are out there and they're on all sides of this issue. So we don't want to make it seem like we have, you know, we want to leave our position open for examination. Allow people to ask you questions. Question you on why you believe what you believe. Because believe me, you are most likely, what you believe is most likely in the minority. Most people will not agree with you. So don't go out there looking for people say, well, don't you agree with this? Most, most likely they're going to tell you no. No, we don't agree with that. That's not what our church teaches. So we want to cover. Uh, last week we talked. We talked introduction last time. We're not going to go over introduction again. This time we we're, our focus is to establish what the purpose of gifts are. 
what the purpose why did God give gifts in the first place and we need to that, to me this drives everything if you know why God did something in the first place then you and why he what was the reason for it you can put it where it goes as far as how that activity uh, plays out in your life you need to know the purpose it's just like if a person got a hammer you know and what do they want to do open an egg is that is this the right equipment no no you need a buzzsaw to open the egg right? no 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 you need a hatchet to open an egg see if you got the wrong tool and you don't understand what the purpose is you can look at that and you can start doing things and what are you going to do you gonna make a mess that's what we want to make sure we understand that when God the Holy Spirit or God gives gifts what for some people think it's I know you guys think when you know Christmas time comes and you got all these gifts you know you've just been lavished with all this good will and all these things around Christmas time people look at gifts that way when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit some people don't have the right conception of what gifts are we need to understand and get that out and, and know why God gave spiritual gifts. And I think once we figure that out, once we've gone through the scriptures and we've established why spiritual gifts, we're going to be able to place them where they go in our lives. It's going to be easier for us. That's what we're going to attack. Why did God... Now, first thing, i got to dispel some myths. Definitely. Because people have myths about spiritual gifts. Well, the first thing is... People think God is like a magician, you know. He's just a genie. He's just a magic, you know, he's always doing something impressive. And wow, isn't he something? You know, that's how people think about God. Uh, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, what a magician does. If you think about a magician, what does he do? He does tricks. And, oh, here's the great, whatever, you plug in whatever name you want. The great Houdini or whatever he is. He's going to do something that will startle your imagination, stimulate your mind, and all these different things they will say. See, because a magician doesn't come up and say, hey, watch this. No, they got to have this big fanfare, right? Of all this stuff going on. And this, you know, this lady, she's half naked and she's up there. And all of this is, is part of the show. It's a show. And all of this is for you to go, wow, wow, this guy's really something. He's powerful. And they talk about how they have these powers of mind and powers over this and powers over that. And what are people doing? They're all impressed. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, look at him. Well, I just want to show you. That's what people think of God. They think, well, God, what could you do? Show me something. Ooh, you're God. Wow, you got gifts? Let's see them, you know. And it's not about that at all. Not about that. God's gifts have a purpose. There's a reason why He gave gifts. He ain't just saying, here's a bag of tricks here. You have one, you have one. And now let's get together and display our tricks. It's nothing to do about that. God has a purpose in what He's doing. And if you don't see that, you're going to just look at the gifts and think, well, I'm just going to be impressed with magic. The mystery, what I don't know. Right? Somebody jumps up over there and speaks in tongues. Everybody's sitting around, they don't know what he said. Well, you know what he said? No, I don't know what he said. But we're impressed. Because that's a spiritual exercise. That's how people look at that. 
And you, you, people are benefiting not even a little bit from that. I mean, they don't even understand what's being said. But yet, somehow, they're impressed. They feel like, wow, God is something. You see that? Like, well, why, why did he do that? What was the purpose of that? What does that accomplish? Am I growing in grace? Am I getting something from this? And I'm, used, I'm just picking on speaking in tongues, but I can do, you know, I can do, it's the same if, if a person comes up to you and say, God has told me, their eyes get bigger when they talk, God has told me to tell you, and so people are like, oh, he, he spoke to you? Yes, I'm a prophet, I am, and he has told me to tell you that you need to go down the road and see, you know, whatever it is they say, people are like, Really? Or, or here's a good one. Here's a good one. A, a prof person will come up to you. You're sitting in the church service, and they say, "God has told me to come over here and speak a word in your life." And you're thinking, "What? I don't even know you." Right? And the person comes over and says, "God told me He has a special purpose for you." Now, he he leaves you with that, right? <laughs> so now, what are you thinking? Wow. All the people in here, God tells, He got a special purpose for me. I'm impressed. Told you, but he didn't tell me. Right. Well, he didn't tell. Well, he just told you through that person. Okay. See. So now, what people do is they take this and they go on and they're really they're trying to figure out. Well, what is this person? What is this purpose? Is it over here? Maybe he wants me to do that. And so, any ministry or thing or opportunity comes up, this must be the purpose. That God has for me. See? So, so that's what they, they go off thinking. See, I'm trying to get you to understand more when we talk about gifts. That the, the, the purpose of this is a specific. And we're going to start getting into what it is. But I just want to dispel some myths first. And we need to dispel them. Believe me. Now you guys might not think so. But because of what goes on here. But if you go other places, it's commonplace. Some of these things I'm talking about, common. <laughs> and if you say anything, or if you malign this process or whatever they're doing, you will be a pariah. Trust me. And they may even throw you out. Because they're serious. They're not kidding. This is, they're saying, man, I'm getting messages from God. Watch out, because you know I'm. You know this is serious business. We're doing God's work, and so they really do think that you know this is a valid. And I'm just, I'm, and we haven't gone to what it is yet. But I just want to dispel that God's not trying to impress you with you know magic tricks. That's not the point. He's God, and He is supernatural, no doubt. But His point is not to just get you to go ooh and ah for no reason. You know, and pe people thought, you know, they think, well, every gift that God ever gave must be active now. Because if He gave it then, we still need it today. Well, that's not true. The Bible says that some gifts will cease. Now, if, if it says that, then it, we have to assume that some will. Well, why would we not? Why would we think that, okay, He said they're going to cease, but they're not ever going to cease until we get to heaven. Well, if He said, I mean, that's kind of, uh, it doesn't really make sense. Not to me. And then, if you look in that same chapter where it says it, He says, in the verse 13, and, now, and we'll come to this later, and now abideth these three. Now, abideth means what? Stays. Stays. Remains. 
Well, as opposed to what? So things that are gone. So if something remains, then obviously something ceased. Something is not going to be available. But you know what? These three will remain. We'll get to that more. But let's look at what is the purpose of God giving gifts. And I'm going to look at, start with, first, the communication gifts. Okay? Communication gifts. We're going to use the board here. This is a tough, uh, tough message. Now, when we talk about communication, prophecy, there's apostles. And apostles are not so much communication, but they did command uh, people in the early church. The direction depended a lot on the apostle. So God used them in a special way. And this is pastors, right? Teachers, pastor teachers, evangelists. Who any other any other uh, communication gifts can you think? How about tongues? U E S. What else? Cuz that obviously tongue communicate. What is it? I'm con- so we're talking communication gifts, right? Dreams and visions. Dreams, visions. And this is probably under what a prophet would do, right? Prophets may receive a dream. Or how? how? Gift of knowledge. Gift of knowledge. What else? Understanding. The gift of understanding? Interpretation. Interpreting tongues. Interpreting. Uh, interpreting. Interpreting tongues, right? We're just going to put tongues and interpretation. Interpretation. So then there's the gift of knowledge. What else? There's a gift of wisdom. And what else? Anybody else? There's a lot of communication gifts, aren't there? Now, and when we say prophecy or prophets or prophets, we're talking about people who brought revelation, and they did it in various ways through dreams, visions, and some right through verbal, right? Verbal. Did God speak audibly to people? Yeah, He did. So this this here goes with prophecy. And apostles, apostles as well, because they would God would speak to them and direct them, right? So um, now, why would God give these gifts? Why would He do it? Let's think about that. What's the purpose for God to give communication gifts? Any idea? To bring forth His word. Mm. You were going to say? And also to uh, wanting to pay attention. Wanting to do what? I mean, to pay attention. I was just reading Hebrews, um, um, just go chapter two. I was going through there, and basically two or uh, two that the two has Uh huh. Hebrews two. We're coming to that. We're coming to Hebrews two. But I'm just saying that's you know where I'm at. It's mm-hmm. Just uh, wanting to pay attention to what God's gifts are like. Uh, okay. So, in other words, why did He give us? Because he didn't, I mean, here's God, and there's man. Let's say God's on this side, man's on this side. Right? 
He's going to give gifts. Now, gifts, obviously, we've got to emphasize what a gift is. Can you earn it? You can't earn it, right? It means it's a special ability that God just gave you for some reason. Obviously, and we're at, we know there's a reason. He didn't just give it to you so you could skip along happily along your way. There's a reason why He gave you the gift. And I'm asking, why does God give these communication gifts? And we have two hands. So, uh, so, we, uh, so we will not ignore the salvation that He's... he's uh, what salvation? <laughs> See, so you're a little ahead of me. So you, so, so right now, and, and we'll come to you after that. And I'll, he goes, how do we know of any salvation? Well, how do we get that? So there's God over here. Here's man over here. He gives us these gifts for what? Uh, now, what Larry's saying is not wrong, right? Because it's about salvation too. We need to know our condition. But so go ahead. we can know him and have his mind. There we are. Okay, that's more of like what I, what I was looking for. There's not a wrong answer, but there's a directional answer I'm looking for, and that is, He's given us these gifts to reveal Himself. God wants to reveal, because we don't know about God, do we? Does, nobody here knows about God. That's why somebody, somebody is so impressed with somebody walking up to Him and saying, I got a message from God for you. People are like, really? God wants to talk to me? He has something to say to me? Really? So they're impressed with that because they're like, wow, God, supernatural God. So, But God does want to communicate His will to us, doesn't He? But we have to be careful because there are false prophets, aren't there? <laughs> Lots of people running around saying, thus saith the Lord, when the Lord hath not spoken. <laughs> so you have to be careful. You just can't run around and say, well, so He said, God said, well, that means it's true. No, He could be a false prophet. I'm not really pointing at Sean. Right? I'm just pointing in his direction. Okay. So, there's false prophets. It could be a little tricky, couldn't it? It could be a little tricky. You can't just run around and say, well, he's false, he's true, he's false, he's true. How do you know? You, there's got to be some criteria, and the criteria for judging whether somebody's false or true has to be the word. And even God told us. Jesus said, beware of false prophets. Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. He said, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe everyone who comes to you. But test them. And this is John, 1 John 4, right? Test, test them to see whether or not they are from God. That's what you've got to do. You can't just walk around believing everything you hear. And if somebody says God's all they gotta do is put God in it, now you're gullible. No, you can't. You have to be discerning. You gotta take the time. Be interested enough to say, I'm, I'm gonna see if what he's saying is from God or whether or not it is false. Because it could be false. So we God wants to communicate. And I gotta make that a point. And, and, and now God is not just out there saying, I mean, let me just tell you what the weather is like up here. You know, let me tell you what, friends, what, what I like and I don't like because he, he has a purpose in that communication. There's, there's a specific purpose. And it's just like when we read that scripture in uh, Romans 8.28, for we know that God works all things together for the good for those who are called according to His purpose. 
Right? Those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. So people look at that scripture and say, well, I got that job. All things work together for good. Well, uh, you know, I made it to the gas station before I ran out of gas. All things work together for good. You know, and they keep thinking in, in terms of that, but that, that is not really referring to that. God's purpose. He's working it according to His purpose. You're running out of gas or getting a job may not have anything to do with that necessarily. Necessarily. But, so you're looking at it for your purpose. All things worked out according to my purpose. What I want. And as long as it's what I want, then it's good. (laughs) See, that's the way we think about it. See, you could have ran out of gas and that could have been working out according to God's purpose. You don't know. See, you got to begin to focus on what is God's purpose. And we're at a tough time because if we're going to be talking about gifts and we're trying to reveal the purpose of God, and if people don't know what God's ultimate objectives are, how can they decide or understand what, why He uses spiritual gifts to accomplish the purpose they don't know? So you, it, we've, read, and we've read in Ephesians where it talks about God definitely has intentions. He has a will. He has purposes that He's trying to accomplish in this world. And communication is only part of it. He's just trying to get this message out so you can know what his game plan is. He has a plan. He's working things. And I heard people, a lot of people, I'm working, I'm trying to find out my true purpose. I need to get in touch with my destiny. People talk about that all the time. But guess what? If you don't know what God's purpose is, his ultimate purpose, then how can you fit in with what God is doing? You can't. See, it's just like you walk, go on a building site, you're working on a construction site, and all you see is people working on stuff. What's the purpose? What are they doing? What's the plan? Don't you first want to see the plans? If you're going to help out, don't you have to know right, what the overall... You could be picking something up and taking it over there, thinking you're doing... You're helping out. You're not helping out. You need to know what the plan is. And so, unless you know what the plan is... How can you, because the gifts, believe me, are given to accomplish God's overall objectives, His plans. And it's not about you. It's about God. So He gives you these gifts and it facilitates things for Him, not for you. He's not giving you these gifts so you can be puffed up. You can be the big frog in the church or whatever they call it, in the pond. That's not about what it is. It's about God's accomplishing His purpose. And if you don't know that purpose, then you can't understand what spiritual gifts God is doing with the spiritual gifts and how He uses them to accomplish His purposes. Okay? So we know, we're talking about the communication gifts first, and we know that first things first, God is out there over here, and man is out there over here. Now, there has to be a reason for this whole creation. I mean, God created all things. He put man in a garden. He put a tree in the midst of the garden. He told man, don't eat of the tree. He allowed Satan to come in and tempt man. And only at that tree. And and sure enough, what happened? Man fell. But that wasn't the end because that wasn't just God had a purpose in that. So through the fall, that we find out that God's purpose continues. God wasn't saying, oh man... Look at that. I didn't, sure didn't expect that. That was the darndest thing. You know, he said, you know what? I knew that already. I knew that man was going to fall. 
So he already said that about Jesus. He said, Jesus Christ is the lamb slain from what? The foundation of the world. He already knew that man was going to fall. And he already had a savior in place to redeem man. Now we, we, we look back at it, you know, because we just are, you know, one thing at a, one day at a time, one year at a time, one millennium at a time. We don't know. We can't know what the future. God sees everything. And He has a purpose in time. He has a purpose for creating time. So, His purposes and, his, and the things that He gives us, and, and He doesn't give gifts to unbelievers. He only gives gifts to believers. They aid God in accomplishing His objectives. If He's given you a special ability, then He means for you to use it for a, spe- a specific purpose. Look at Samson. He gave Samson strength. Supernatural strength. Not just strength. He, Samson wasn't just a strong man. He was supernaturally strong. I mean, no man's going to kill a thousand men. I mean, come on. A thousand men will stomp him to death. They would just crush him. All they had to do was walk over him. I mean, you know, a thousand men? This man was strong. This is the power of God that was in this man. And, and, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It wasn't about Samson. And God used Samson in Israel in a special way. He had a special purpose for Samson. And whenever he gives a special ability, it is because he wants to fulfill a purpose. Okay, so let's... I think I, we got that part. So he wants to communicate to us. We got to know God's will. God created all this and man is in it and we have fallen. We have to know what the true situation is, don't we? We got to know what is God's purpose in, the, in not only to fall, but how can we be redeemed? How can we become saved? So all of this information has, has to be communicated to us. But you know what? God communicated salvation a long time ago. Salvation started in the beginning of time. A man could be saved from being lost. And then, his plan continued on. He has other purposes. It's not just about people being saved. See, I know some people think, well, you know, everything is about you being saved. And that's it. No, salvation is just a door that you walk through to get to somewhere else. So God was saving people long ago. And it, he, he, through Abraham and all the different things, it was by faith even then. Abraham is, is a type of all those who believe from the Old Testament to the New. So salvation is not the issue. God has another purpose, another plan in mind. We talked about it, what the plan was. And we can't go into the whole detail of why God created man and angels with free will and allowed them to fall and Satan and this whole thing, this conflict between the angels and how man, at the end, you know, there will be a judgment and then, you know, God will eventually reconcile all things unto himself and Christ is the one, the focal point of history. He's the one to rule all, all the, God's creation. We can't go into the whole plan and why. But we can know that the gifts contribute to that overall plan. There's a purpose behind every gift. Now we know we're in a mystery age, right? Mystery meaning what? It was not revealed in the Old Testament. The time we're living in now, when I say the time, what's going on right now was not revealed in the Old Testament Scriptures. It wasn't there. You can search the Scriptures and you're not going to find 
anything about a church and all the features that we have before God. You're not going to find it. It's not there. People say, yeah, there were Gentiles in the Old Testament and it says they're going to... Yeah, but it's not us because we're not Gentiles. In Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. Yeah, yeah, Gentiles are going to be saved. Yeah, it said in the Old Testament Gentiles could be saved. We're not Gentiles, are we? We are church. We're something totally new. That's why God says, I'm going to take out of the twain, the two, and I will make one new man. That's us. So, if you think about communication and God wanting to communicate, He communicated His entire plan for man in the Old Testament. If you read the Old Testament, you read everything. You can read about the fall of man. You can read about before he fell. You can read about the fall. You can read about what God did. He confronted man. He provided a savior. He told man how he could be saved. And people in the Old Testament were getting saved. They were getting to the place where God had promised them salvation. And God was going to honor that. As soon as Christ came and delivered on the promise, God, he, God ratified His promise and everybody continued to be saved. In the New Testament, we look back to the cross. They look forward to the cross. Right? So then, not only did we see about all this about Christ, God brought a special nation, uh, Israel, and that Israel was to communicate God's will to mankind. They were to be God's priest nation. Through them, the Messiah would come. God would bless Israel above all on the earth. He would make them to ride on the high places of the earth. He has a special purpose for Israel, no doubt. And Christ came through Israel. Christ was a Jewish person, Jewish man. So all of that we find in the Old Testament. We not only find the first coming of Christ, but we find also the second coming of Christ, where He comes back to redeem, to save His people. And then we find the Millennial Kingdom, where Christ would reign on this earth for 1,000 years. So all of this is in the Old Testament. You could read about it. It's not a mystery. So all of this deals with Scripture. How do we get that Scripture? How do we get all that knowledge I just enumerated? Through these gifts. Through these offices that God has placed. Not apostles. Prophets, right? And prophets and priests, right? They communicated, and even judges. We don't have them up here. But they communicated God's will to the people. And through prophecy, how do we know? Because we have the Bible through prophecy. God used the gift of prophecy to, to pen the Scriptures. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, that's King James, but it still works. Holy, these, these prophets of old, how do we get the Scriptures? Well, they were carried along by the Holy All Scripture is God breathed. Right? He breathed His will into them, and they exhaled His perfect will in human, uh, in writing, with not waiving their own personality, their literary style, or any other human factor. God delivered His will perfectly in the human realm. We have it. We can look at the Word, and we can know that God said this, and this is what's going to happen. We can know the future because of prophets. And this, some of these things were written thousands of years prior. And guess what? It's true. We find that these things have come true. 
We can trust the word. And, and, and prophecy communicated that to us. Why? There's a purpose that God needed this. Inf- we needed this information so that this God's overall purpose would continue in the world. So, so now when we start talking about prophets and what happened in the Old Testament, there's a distinction. And I want to read a couple of scriptures. Let's start with Hebrews. Let's start with Hebrews. That's why I said we headed to Hebrews. How much time we got? Well, we got a little bit of time. Maybe we can finish the purpose tonight. And we'll, we'll dig into the gifts tomorrow. Or next week. Next, next week. Well, I'd love to come back tomorrow and do it. That would be nice. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to just look at a couple scriptures. And you know, don't think I'm going to give you every single scripture there. We'd be here too long. I'm trying to give you scriptures that when you get this, you can take this and run with it, okay? So here's the point. In the past, Hebrews 1 1, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, okay? He spoke. What does it mean he spoke? When God speaks, he's communicating. He's revealing himself to mankind. That's what he did in Old Testament times. That's what he's talking about. In the past, God communicated. He revealed himself. How did he do it? He used prophets. Right? And, and in various ways. We talked about some of the various ways. Dreams, visions, verbal. Right? He'd speak to them. Sometimes he would put it in their hearts. And then they would be able to communicate it on paper. See? So it was, there was various ways. That means he didn't just have one way. He had many ways of communicating his will, purpose, and plan to, to humankind, human beings. But look at verse 2. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. Now, spoken to us again means He revealed more about who He is. And the greatest revelation of who God is, is through Jesus Christ. You can know God from from looking at the the Lord Jesus Christ. You can know who He is. Why? Because the Father was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So, there's, he's making a distinction here. In times past, but now. This is it. Now, now he's communicating a different way. How's he doing it? He's communicating through his son. So, everything now is going to be based on Jesus Christ, who actually physically shows up on the scene. God's son. He's here now. So, everything is going to be now based around him. Before Jesus wasn't here, so how did God communicate? How did He reveal us? Well, I used prophets, you know, and, and in various ways and different times I told them what I needed to tell them, right? But now everything's going to be based on the Son. And the Son is going to be able to deliver. So now, through these last days, He has spoken to us, the Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things. Jesus Christ is heir of all things. That means all things that there are in all creation. Things in heaven, things on earth, things present, visible, invisible. Whatever they are, Jesus Christ is an inheritor or owner of all things. And through Him, He made the universe. Christ is the creator of all things. And not only that, He inherits all things. 
The sun is the radiance of God's glory. The radiance. The, the flashing forth, the brightness of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. So, when you look at Christ, you have a perfect demonstration in human form of what God is like. You want to know God? God, look at Christ. Even Jesus said it. No man can come to the Father except through me. And no one, he says, um, no one knows the Father except the Son, and to whom the Son would reveal him. So, uh, nobody knows the Father. But Jesus Christ now is a perfect a representation of who the Father is, a revelation, you might say, of God. So, so we have that scripture that deals with prophecy for a purpose of revealing and communicating. So now, if God communicated His entire will in the Old Testament, I mean, He communi- you know there were no prophets for 400 years until John the Baptist. John the Baptist did have the office of prophet. But before that, there were no prophets. Malachi, your, your Bible ends in Malachi, 400 years later, now we get John the Baptist. Silence. No, you know why? Because there was no more revelation that God needed to give. Why wouldn't he give more revelation? Think he was tired of talking or what? No, he, he was done giving revelation. 400 years he was silent because his will was already in writing. Not only did he communicate his will, but guess what? It was in writing. They had the Old Testament scriptures. In writing. What did he say? Can you tell me? It wasn't even like, you know, in some generations they have stories. And these stories get passed down from one person to the next person to the next person. But that's not how God, when he gave his word and he had it in writing, he, said, he stood back. He said, you know what? That's my will right there. 400 years of silence demonstrates that God's will in writing was sufficient. A sufficient revelation. Many times talking to the Jews in the New Testament. Many times he told them, you err and do not know the scriptures. You don't know the word of God. You know, search the scriptures, but you think and you find them, but you really don't know the scriptures testify about me. So many, he called them and held them accountable for knowing the scriptures. Even the rich man and Lazarus. Remember the rich man was in hell and he lifted up his eyes and he said, send Lazarus back to tell my ten brothers so they don't have to come here. What did he say? They have Moses and the prophets. God said that's sufficient. It's written. See, so it is written means something to God. It doesn't just mean okay it's written and I'm going to keep telling you over and over. You know what? I even know that. (laughs) I'm telling you. Why do you think I write? That's what motivated me to write. Because I kept telling people the same thing. Over and over and over. So finally I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write this down. So when somebody asks me, here. This is what I think. Ten people ask me. Let me get ten copies. Hold on. Ten, Ten copies of what I think. It's smart, right? So I'll have to tell every single person. Can you imagine that God, you got generations of people, new generation, new generation, God got to come again. Can you imagine what that talk must be like every single generation? School teachers do the same thing every year. Okay, here we go. This year, there's, you know, and it's almost like routine, you know, there's no excitement in it sometimes. I'm not saying that because some school teachers, I'm sure they're very excited about their job. 
Very excited. But God has figured out a way to communicate His will to mankind, and yet He doesn't have to keep doing it over and over and over. Isn't that something? What about all those people in that 400 years? How come God didn't tell them like He told Moses? How come God didn't come down on the mountain and, and fire and smoke and all of that? For them, is it fair? It is absolutely fair. You can know God through His Word. And, if you, and I have to say, if you don't know God's Word, then you don't know God. Because this is where He has revealed Himself. He's satisfied with it. How about you? Are you are you satisfied with what God says in the Word? Or are you looking for somebody to come and tell you some dream? Or some vision? Or, or just like we talked about earlier, God has told me a word for you. Are you impressed with that? Or why don't you be impressed? If you want to be impressed with something, why not be impressed with this? His Word. This is where He really established communication with man. Why would you bypass this to go to somebody... Who could be a wolf in sheep's clothing? Who could be a false prophet? Why would you trust it to that when God has already spoken? Yeah, He has a special plan for me. I know it right here. It says it in the Word. What what new do you have to tell me? You can't contribute anything to this. This is God's Word. I mean, love it. You know, cherish it. That's what we're saying. I do. So, okay, He communicated this. Right? He, his word is sufficient for us. He didn't just keep giving the Old Testament scriptures over and over and over. He gave them. When Jesus walked the earth, guess what he said? It is written. Who was he talking to? Satan. Remember in the temptations, Matthew 4, you can read it. Satan said, hey, Jesus, let me tell you, you could do this, you could turn these stones into bread. Jesus said, hold on, Satan. It is written. What was he talking about? The Word. He was depending on the written Word. See? And when we talk about gifts, guess what those gifts accomplished? See, some people think, wow, that's amazing. God made him a prophet. Wow. No, those gifts accomplished God's will in writing so that Jesus could stand up now and say, it is written. You know why? Because it's truth. We, what's our name? The Word is truth. It stands written. It's not just written. It stands written forever. So, we have prophecy, prophets, messages from God. They're to establish something. God's, if God already established it, He didn't have to keep on establishing. He could just write it down and say to Delshawn, to Delshawn's kids, to Delshawn's kids' kids, to Del, and on and on, they can read the Word. And it stands written. That's it. Okay, so we've dealt with Old Testament. Prophets, prophecy. Right? God has done that. But then, guess what? And in fact, we've already seen His whole will. We can read about the second coming. Everything. It's all contained there. Even the, He was going to destroy everything and then make a new heavens and earth. It's all in there. It's all written. So now, why does He need further revelation? Because guess why? There's a new age. There's the mystery. Right? Does anybody know anything about the mystery in the Old Testament? I mean, 
How do we know what God's will, purpose, and plan is in this mystery? We can't know. We can't know by reading the Old Testament Scriptures. So God got to do something else. He's tired of talking, but He's got to come back. And He's got to start telling us this new plan, this new purpose for what we are all about. Doesn't He? Doesn't He owe us that? So, so what does He do? What does He do? He comes up again. Signs, wonders, miracles to establish. Just like He established Israel in His Word. How did He do it with Israel? Signs, wonders, miracles, all these things that happened. And Israel didn't have to know. Is God real? You think God is real? No! I mean, God, God showed them that He was real. He showed them when He gave me, and this is my word. You saw what I did? Let me tell you what my word is. And so you pay attention. Because every generation is not going to see all those miracles. But they establish that word. So when God established Israel, He did it with signs and wonders and miracles. I like, I like when the time in, in the Old Testament, the people said, You know what, Moses? We need God to speak to us. We don't want to hear it from you anymore. If, you, if there's a God, you tell Him to come and talk to us personally. That's the way we want it to work, right? So Moses said, okay, let me go tell God what you said. So they told God, what did God say? Alright, All right. here's the way we're going to do it. We're going to speak. Here, and you make sure you put a fence around the mountain, Moses. Don't let no animal come close to it or else they'll die. Don't have the people get way back. Get back. You know, and that's what happened. And God began to speak. Man, those people began to shake and tremble. And their boots, man, they heard that. They were like, whoa. So after it was over, guess what they said? Don't, we don't, tell God. He, he can tell you whatever He has to tell us. That would be fine. Right? So in, in essence, we can, we can hear it from another, can't we? And that's what we do when we read the Word. We're hearing it from Moses. And God established it for them. And they know that that was true. And this word is truth. We can establish it. So don't think that God is doing these miracles and just showing up and making all this fire and smoke like the Wizard of Oz. It's not like that. That's not the purpose for it. He has a purpose and He's trying to establish His word in the world. Okay. So then... In the church, this new revelation, what happens? God has to do it all over again. He has to begin to establish this new message. So what happens? John the Baptist. Did John the Baptist do any miracles? Why not? Wait a minute, he was a prophet, wasn't he? He was a great prophet, wasn't he? Yeah. Put on him. What was his purpose? To baptize Jesus. Well, there was more. There was more. Well, John the Baptist actually uh, was in a different dispensation. Yeah, well, I was getting at that too. But his John's purpose was to reveal. He was, a, he was going to be one crying in the wilderness. Make way, a path, straight for our God, Jesus. He was the herald. God sent him as the herald of Jesus Christ to prepare the way to the people. So, but not only that, he did baptize Jesus. But more than that, John was an Old Testament prophet. John didn't do any miracles. Why not? Because God had already established the Word. 
So John came to tell what the new information was. Hey, Christ is coming. Get ready. He's coming soon. In fact, very soon. And that's what he's trying to prepare the people. To get them to, you know, to be, become more spiritually minded. And the way you do that is to discard those sins that you're dependent on. They dull your spiritual sensibilities. So he called them to repentance. You need to turn away from sin so you could see Christ when he actually comes and walks in your midst. You're going to say, I was going to say Matthew eleven eleven talks about um, how the least one of us. That's right. Is it's greater than John the Baptist. That's right. John the Baptist was the last of the Old Testament prophets. Jesus mentions him. He says he was the greatest. John the Baptist. There's no man born of a woman that's greater than John the Baptist. What we just didn't understand. You know, John the Baptist even had the religious people. They didn't like Christ. I mean, they crucified him, but they were impressed with John. Now they said, "Oh, he's listening. now he's saying something. You got to listen to him. John is saying something." They had John had their ear. John came looking like a prophet, smelling like a prophet, and talking like a prophet. And they accepted him, and they said, "Whoa, we, we better pay attention because God is doing something here." That's what they they saw that. And even in their state, how stubborn and, and unspiritual these people were, they saw something in John the Baptist. And Jesus even mentioned, He says, Hey, you had John, and he was a light for a while for you guys. What happened? Don't you know John was pointing to me? Don't you get it? See, he tried to even use that. John the Baptist, he's a testimony. He testified of me. So we have John the Baptist as an Old Testament prophet. He never did any miracles. Not one is recorded of John the Baptist. He didn't escape out of nowhere. He didn't, he didn't do anything, did he? What happened to John? He was beheaded. He, he was martyred for the cause of Christ. And then, Jesus came and what did he do? Oh my goodness. The signs, the wonders, the miracles. Oh, just flowed. Why? Because God had new information. Remember, in these last days... He has spoken to us by His Son. And so what? How are you going to listen to Him? How are you going to hear Him? He's got to, God has got to get your attention again. He, he voices from heaven four times in, in, in the New Testament. Four times audibly a voice from heaven. Five, if you count, when God talked to Saul. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right? But, but the, God the Father spoke. He said, this is my son, and him I am well pleased. This is my son, hear ye him. Right? And, and many times, people heard that. And they were like, wow. And Jesus used that as he said, hey, you heard the voice. You heard the voice from heaven, didn't you? That's a testimony that I am the one who I say I am. So, that came with signs and wonders. Why? God had new revelation. New revelation to give. And then, who else did miracles? The apostles, right? Because guess what the apostles had? They had a new task, didn't they? The mystery doctrine. Oh my goodness. If you're not going to listen to them, you know, how do you know that this person is speaking for Jesus? God showed, demonstrated it through signs, wonders, miracles, powers. And, and people were impressed. They said, wow, those people must be with Jesus. They must have been the same thing here going on. Look at Hebrews, back to Hebrews again. We'll read it. 
Hebrews chapter 2, this time, one quick uh, point here to make, Hebrews chapter 2, and verses 3 and 4, we'll read a couple things, how much time do we, oh we got good time man, we got another hour, I'm kidding, for if, verse Hebrews 2, 2, For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation was first announced by the Lord. First announced by the Lord and confirmed to us, confirmed to us by those who heard Him. Now how did they do it? They just really emphasized it? How did they confirm it to her? I really mean this. No, God did it. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Distributed how? According to His will. Why according to His will? Because God has a special purpose in giving these gifts and powers. It's not just a dog and pony show. That's not what it's about. It's a specific Purpose. That's what you got to see. Now, why did he give it in the first place? Why all these signs and wonders? New information. New information. What new information? Jesus is here. My goodness. There ought to have been neon signs just flashing all around him. Because he is the one who was prophesied from the very beginning of the world. God prophesied a Savior would come. And here he's coming now. He sent John the Baptist. John the Baptist did a great job, says Jesus. He did his job. And Jesus did his job. He healed all people. He performed all kinds of signs and wonders. One guy came up to him and said, My my daughter is sick, but you know what? You don't even have to come. I know you can can heal her even from here. All you got to do is say it, and I'm sure she'll be healed. Jesus said, Go ahead. Your daughter's all right. Go ahead. She'll be healed. I mean... What kind of power is that? People think he had to lay hands on. No, he didn't have to lay no hands on the. He has power, man. I'm talking about miraculous power. You're not seeing that today. I don't care if you go into them churches or not where people are saying they're doing that. You're not seeing the kind of power that Jesus had in the apostles. It's not happening. Not happening. I'll tell you, I was watching one television program. And the guy was going to heal this lady. She was sitting in the aisle. See, now you're sitting on the end, right? And let's say you were sitting in a wheelchair. So this guy looks up and says, I feel the healing power of the Lord. Excuse me, lady. Excuse me. It's this lady right here. He looks right past the lady with the wheelchair. I'm like, well, if you got healing power, touch her. Come on. Why won't you heal this lady? He walks right, excuse me, excuse me. And he grabs this lady out of the audience. Now she has a boot on and a cane. Right? On her foot. So he grabs the cane. He throws the cane way up on the stage. God has healed you. And excuse me, uh, excuse me, excuse me. Let's get past this lady with the wheelchair. Just get on up front so we can get your testimony. So I'm thinking, why would, uh, you know, he stop? Now you know what? When it came to Jesus, man, they came from all over the place. And what does it say? He healed them all. Read that. Read that. In the, is that happening? That is not happening. And I don't even know about the... You know, I'm skeptical. I really am. I'm sorry. Maybe you've been healed. I'm not saying God is not healing people today. But I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. 
<laughs> okay. So, what I'm trying to say is, is that this kind of healing is for a purpose. It's not just, well, you know, you sick. Well, God can heal that. No, that's not what it's for. It's not for that at all. Why is He doing that? To establish His Word. Just like He did in the Old Testament. Just like He did. And once He established His Word, does He have to keep on telling people the same thing? You know, it's amazing to me. Some of the prophecies that I have heard from people, they're just stuff you can read in the Bible. I'm like, well, if you're telling me this, what? God is emphasizing this to me or what? What are you saying more than what God has already told me? I can read the word and get the, I need to trust God. I need to, I know that there's a purpose for my life. I mean, what is it that you have to tell me? God loves me? I know he loves me. Right? Well, that's what I'm trying to get, get across. People are so gullible. Read the word. It's here for you. It's, it's all in there. So, okay. So you got this new information, this new revelation. Two things that's new. What? Jesus. Jesus came. And he had to establish himself as the Messiah. As the one who would come and redeem the world. He paid for all the sins of everybody. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And after Jesus Christ died and was raised, that is now the gospel. He is the focal point of human history. He's the one that you must believe in in order to be saved. So God has to demonstrate that He is the one. There can't be any question. Is He the Messiah? I don't know. No, He's the Messiah. He fulfilled every prophecy. He performed all the signs, wonders, miracles. And and to establish His Messiahship, you ought to put your trust in Him. That's what that says. And now, guess what we have? It's in writing. (laughs) We can read all about what Jesus did from four witnesses. God has left not just one, four testimonies about who Jesus is for us. In, we have it. It is written. It stands forever. Now, does he need to continue to establish Jesus? Continue to show people every generation? You think he's going to do that? He didn't do it in the past. That's not the way he works. And if he does work that way, it's not smart. <laughs> I know, right? Believe me, you get tired. Now, I'm not saying God will be tired. But I'm saying that God does work this way. And I learned this from God. I'm not smarter than God. God taught me this. That, you know, you could just write it down and give it to the next generation. That would be good enough for them. That, That works. So now, this new information. Two things. Jesus, the fact that He's the Messiah, and then, on top of that, Guess what? The mystery doctrine. The mystery. Now some people, you know what? In their theology, there is no mystery. Everything is just right along. You know, we got every, We just blend it all together. We're Israel. Well, we're spiritual Israel. We're not Israel, but we're spiritual Israel. And you know, all the promises that God gave to them, you know, they're to us, you know. And, and everything is just one big happy. We just all love God and... And we're just all under, you know, it's not that. You are not rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, how are you going to say that when the church ages, it tells you, was not found in the Old Testament, was not revealed to the sons of men, it was hidden in God, a mystery which was not, which for ages was kept hidden. I mean, you read all that and you walk away thinking, well, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It's nothing special. 
It is something special in the church. So what did God have to do? He gives signs, wonders, miracles to establish at the inception of the church. Just like at the inception of Israel. Now think about the beginning of the world. Did God give a big display of signs, wonders, and miracles? Yeah. He created the heavens and the earth for Adam and Eve. They knew God was somebody special. They wouldn't have to. Soon God spoke. They said, we better listen. Because this is the one who created all things. Okay? Angels, right? They all know God. They watch God. So getting back to this, the mystery is something unique in the church. We, we are totally different. God has... How do we live? How do we live? What do we do? How do we know what to do? What do we think? Right? And, and all of that is spelled out for you in the Word of God, in the mystery. Watch this. We just read Hebrews 2, that God does this. He demonstrates. He confirms things through signs and wonders. Go to second. We're just talking about apostles, because there were no apostles in the Old Testament. There were none at all. So let's go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I just want to show you something. Second Corinthians marks you as working for whatever place. But what marks an apostle? How do you know that there's an apostle? Right? Suppose I said I'm an apostle. What are you going to say to that? You're not an apostle. Right? You could question that, right? How do you... What makes me think you're an apostle? Well, Paul says, uh, the things that mark an apostle, signs, wonders, and miracles, were done among you with great perseverance. Paul says, I, I demonstrated to you that I am an apostle. So you know what that tells us? That not everybody who says they're an apostle is an apostle. And you people love to use these terms that I'm an apostle so and so. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what you're. How do we know you're an apostle? What signs, wonders, and miracles have you done? And guess what? Even if they say, "Well, you know, I heal people," you know what? They're, they're not talking about the signs, wonders, and miracles uh, that the Bible happened. That's why I said nobody's doing these things today. Nobody's healing people like Peter and Paul and the apostles. They heal people. Man, it wasn't even... They, people, Paul walked by. His shadow fell on people. And they were healed. Is that happening? It's not happening. There wasn't, I mean, he could heal people because of this gift that God had given them. So these signs mark... That's why this is an important passage. A mark. They tell us... And Paul is demonstrating this because the Corinthians questioned him and his authority. He had to say, you know what? I'm just as an apostle as the rest of those guys. And not only that, the signs that mark an apostle, I did them. Among you, you've seen them for yourself. And and earlier in the Corinthian church, and we're not going to go on an expedition for this scripture, but sorry about that. But earlier, Paul tells you that, you know what? I didn't come to you with words of wisdom and persuasive speech and this and that. He came with what? The the demonstration of the power of God. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom. I guess we've got to find that scripture too. Because you guys are... You probably don't believe it. Okay. Here it is. 
Let me see. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I believe. And we'll get, get this to you here. And then we'll have to close with this scripture. I know you guys have got to go. Okay. And where is it? Uh, oh, here it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we can start at verse 1. 1 Corinthians 2. 1. You thought I wasn't going to find it. Huh? I got it. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing about you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on what? God's power. Did you know that Paul was an apostle? Do you know that Paul was speaking for God? He was definitely speaking for God. There was no question. Paul demonstrated it. How did he do it? By these various gifts distributed according from, uh, by the Holy Spirit. Signs, wonders, miracles, powers. Paul performed them for those Corinthians. See, so there's a purpose behind all this. It's not just doing this to let me pull a rabbit out of my hat. You want to see it again? No, God is telling us these things to tell us that I got something to tell you. I want to communicate my word and not only that, establish it. What did the apostles do? They wrote the word. We have it now. It's right here in front of us. They established the word. In us. And not only did they establish the word, they established the church. So we're going to have to continue. I know. I know. I hope, hope you guys, and thanks for bearing with me, looking at all those passages and, and, and thinking with me on these things. And we don't have any time for questions and answers. So, but next time we will finish off this purpose. I have a few more scriptures that I had in mind. And also we will deal with the gifts and especially the one you guys all want to talk about, the gift of tongues, the gift of tongues. So let's, uh, let's stand as we close and we, we know we're over 15 minutes, but that's okay. Listen to me, I'm, I'm saying it's okay on your time. And I don't know, how can I do that? But thank you for being patient with this subject. It's a tough one. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to study Your Word. We're glad, Father, that You have made it true and clear for us that we can see the purpose behind these things. Oh Lord, we're so grateful that You are, are such a logical and wise God that we serve. And all we can do, Father, is in awe just learn Your Word and and understand the revelation that you provided for us. So we're thankful for those who have come. And Lord, we pray that the, the hearts of each person who is here tonight and has heard these things, that they will be motivated to just continue on and to study your word and be focused on growing in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For this we ask in the precious name of our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.